And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Hour two, it's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, the pride of Ord back with us. Andy Markowski to talk some big red basketball. And uh, we'll talk some high school and Husker women's as well. Andy, number one in town tonight. You excited? Yeah, I mean, Nebraska's done a, a pretty good job the last few matchups uh, with Purdue. Um, you know, certainly uh, looking at the, the betting odds, uh, I just saw it today, and, and Purdue's the betting favorite to, to win the national title. So not only ranked number one, uh, certainly Vegas feels, uh, you know, they're, they're uh, one of the favorites to, to win it all in March. Eddie, what, and you've been a part of some teams that, that went to the tournament, but one of the key mile markers in those seasons, the, the fact that you guys took down a big-time giant, what do you remember? What's, give me the anatomy of an upset. I mean, how does that get pulled off? Well, I, I think you have to have you know good players and, and, and a good team, and I think Nebraska you know, has that. Um, you know, matchup and, and styles are important, and I, and I think just the, the last few games that, you know, we've played against Purdue, we've done as good a job against, uh, you know, Zach as, as, as anybody um, in terms of limiting his touches and, and his points at the rim. You know, so that, that points, you know, in the, in the right direction. I, I think some of the other things that maybe a, a, an average fan doesn't see is, is, is kind of the cadence of, of when you maybe catch a team, you know, sometimes there's three or four prep days. You know, look at the Wisconsin game. You know, Wisconsin had two extra prep days than us. We're coming off a big win at home against Indiana. And, you know, I think emotionally, you know, that didn't set up well for us. You know, this game probably doesn't set well for us either, just with the amount of, of injuries and, and some of those things that, that we have going. Um, you know, Purdue's not really sandwiched into maybe two big games or, or they're coming off a big win where you emotionally might have the advantage. So I, I don't know if that aligns for Nebraska tonight to pull the upset, but as you look at big conference upsets, normally it's, it, it's some of that, right, where you have a couple extra prep days and you're catching a team you know, kind of in, a, in, in between either a big win or, or maybe another rivalry game right after you. Um, and I don't think any of that aligns to Nebraska tonight, so I'm a little nervous that, that maybe we won't play them as tough as we have in, in the past couple games. And Andy, I can go two ways with this. You mentioned the, 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 the betting odds for Purdue to cut down the nets here in April, and uh, the betting line tonight, 7.5 points uh, Purdue is favored by. And uh, the way I can see it two different ways is, A, Purdue has really struggled at Pinnacle Bank Arena in recent years, as you kind of laid out. Nebraska's really done well against the Boilermakers, especially at home. But then on the flip side of things, Purdue this season, where they've really turned things from last year's that three-point shooting. Last year, 32% from three. This year, seven whole points better. They're 39% from three. And based on what we saw Saturday against Wisconsin with the Badgers just shooting the lights out of the ball, does that concern you tonight, Purdue's three-point shooting ability? I think the thing that concerns me the, the most, um, you know, Nebraska's unique style defensively, if you, if you watch them play, you know, they, they, they double the post, they, they, you know, they're number one in the country in efficiency of, of, of protection at the rim, um, which means they're, they're going to give up some threes, um, and, and teams have started to figure that out a little bit, um, you know, go back to the Creighton game. You know, they were creating really had us in rotation a lot. Wisconsin did a really good job of, 
of taking advantage of, of that double team uh, where they're getting a post at the front of the rim. Indiana started to adjust in the second half. Um, and it's forced Nebraska to, 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 to back off of, of, of what they want to do defensively because teams are starting to, to, to maybe attack it and figure things out. I, I think Matt Painter is a terrific coach. Um, we have really stymied uh, you know, what they've done offensively against us. and I, I just think it's a matter of time where, where he finds some things to get uh, you know, Edney and, and Edie involved where he's going to have a, a big game against us at some point. You're not going to continually hold him into the low. Uh, you know, I think he's had 11 and 13 the last two times. He, he, they're going to find a way to get him some touches. So I, my, my, my fear is uh, with, with you know, Williams potentially being hurt and not having the positional length, uh, we're going to have to play some smaller guards on the perimeter, and and when you double with some of the smaller guards uh, against somebody that's seven one or two, it's it's, it's kind of irrelevant. And um, you know, my my concern is what what are we going to adjust back with defensively? Because I I do think defensively we've been really good for two years, and in the last two or three weeks, I I feel like teams in the Big Ten are starting to to adjust and take advantage of some of the things that that we're doing and use it against us. Eddie Markowski is with us, Husker Basketball Standout, Hale Varsity Radio, at Markowski underscore Andy's where you find him on Twitter. So uh, what is the, the playbook? What are some options to, uh, to adjust to the adjustment? If Purdue and folks are catching up to, to that double of the post, okay, what, what could Nebraska, what fits Nebraska to come back schematically? Yeah, you know, they're, they're mixing in a little bit of a, of a, of a half-court you know, zone trap early in the game. Uh, they they had played some one three one, you know, kind of a year and a half ago to to start to mix things up. That way, maybe you're not, you know, you're not as predictable. Um, you know, they're not going to completely go away from what you do. You you got to have the right personnel to 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 attack us, and Wisconsin does right. I mean, they have a couple big posts, and they can really shoot it from the perimeter at at you know four spots. Creighton could shoot it at at four spots. Um, this Purdue team can can shoot it at four spots, and you know, so so I don't, you know, think it's you know the panic button, meaning you know every every team you've got to adjust. Cause the teams that don't shoot it well on the perimeter and or don't shoot it at four spots, we can still, you know, take take advantage and over help. But you know, Fred and and Coach Lincer are, are are smart. You know, they went away from from some of the post double stuff and. And you know, hopefully, getting Rink, uh, you know, a little bit more healthy, where he's able to to hold up, um, you know, one on one post defense. You know, Alec, I think, is pretty good one on one post defense. Um, you know, Williams is really important because you need that positional size at your three as as you get into the conference. So, you know, it's it's just something I've been watching that that teams are getting a little bit more comfortable with what you know we're doing defensively. So, look for Nebraska to probably adjust and not trap, you know, as predictable, and and hopefully force teams to be a little more off balance. Andy Markowski with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Andy, to flip it around on the offensive side, Nebraska is a team that I don't want to say live by the three, die by the three, but almost 50% of their shots this year, I believe it's uh, 45% of offensive possessions end in a three-pointer. How do you see Nebraska trying to get Kisei Tominaga going early tonight? He's He's been better against both Indiana and against Wisconsin, led to a win against Indiana, obviously not the same result against Wisconsin, but how do you see them trying to get him going early? Yeah, they'll stay with the you know the, the same stuff they've been running. I mean, uh, you know, K-State is a unique player in the sense of you know you can't really get his own shot. So you you know you've got a screen, you've got to um, you know having mass back and, and out of foul trouble. Uh, you know allows uh, you know K-State to open some back door. 
cutting, uh, which you know takes teams from just being on top of him all the time and guarding him at the three-point line. I think Rink is a, a terrific passer. Um, so, you know, K-State does a pretty good job of, of back-cutting. So, you know, Fred's going to run what he does offensively. Uh, you know, having – you know, more players that can shoot it helps K-State because it gives him some space. So, you know, not having Williams on the court, um, I think will hurt them tonight, you know, just because, you know, Gary doesn't shoot it as well as, as Williams. You start to play Alec a little bit more with Mass, and obviously Alec doesn't shoot it well from the three, which I think allows you to, to focus a little bit more on Wiltshire and, and K-State and, and limit their three-point shooting. You know, I think Lawrence is, is another player that, that is going to have to consistently find – Scoring opportunities, make threes. Uh, he still has to be a bigger offensive presence uh, because I, you know, I just think you need to be able to score at the point guard spot in this league. And you know the games that that he's made shots and got himself to the free throw line, we've won. The games that he struggled, we've lost. Just because I don't think we can we can score enough points, you know, at the other spots w- without Lawrence finding some baskets. And you know he's another key piece uh, pushing transition and and get Tominaga some shots before the defense locates him uh, as well. Which you know hopefully they can play fast against. Purdue tonight, I think they're a little bit more athletic than them on the perimeter. Andy, uh, not to, to go back, but with Wisconsin, they were as good as advertised with their efficiency numbers offensively uh, and, and defensively, and, and I mean, they they almost broke 90. I mean, they, they were just incredible on fire. What is Wisconsin's ceiling? I look at their schedule. We know Purdue's, you know, the, the betting favorite. What about Wisconsin? How high could they climb for March? Yeah, I, you know, with, with uh, what I've seen of Wisconsin and, and how they're playing of late, I, I think you've got to factor them in and, you know, top three in the conference. I think Illinois is a little bit of a, of a mystery, right, with, you know, with Shannon potentially, you know, being out. And they've been a little inconsistent since, you know, he, you know, one big win and, and, and then a loss. But, you know, I, I think what I've seen of of Wisconsin is, you know, they're going to factor in the top three in the Big Ten. And, and, you know, if you do that, you're looking at a top, you know, five or, or six seed in the NCAA tournament, which gives you a chance to, to advance into that, you know, that, that sweet 16 second weekend. So, you know, with, with uh, Chucky, you know, I think making another jump forward, um, certainly having all five starters back and then mixing in some some uh, quality freshmen with an you know a, a transfer, you know, has given them the right the right pieces. So I I think they'll challenge Purdue for for a conference championship, but but yet we'll fall a little short of that, but still finish in the top three of the league. Andy, based on what you're seeing so far in, in the Big Ten, where do you think Nebraska would need to finish in order to to get a spot in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I, I look at the non-conference. Uh, in terms of how I kind of set my mind on on the best leagues in the country, if you look at Power Five, I, I think the Big Ten, you know, really struggled in some marquee non-conference games, which you know I think can, you know just public opinion, you know, drives that narrative a little bit. So I, I think it's probably a seven uh, bid league, um, you know. So if you ask me, you know, Nebraska, you know, would, would would have to finish seventh. You know, maybe it could it could go to eight depending on. You know, a twenty-game league schedule. You're, you know, you have a lot of chances to beat those teams that you're competing with. You know, for that seventh, eighth, ninth spot. Um, but you know, Nebraska just has to protect PBA. I mean, that, you know, that's the the thing that they did against Indiana. Um, you know, there's going to be good teams that come in here that that you've got to find ways to win. You know, you've got to go and, and and hopefully still a couple with the bottom three or four on the on on you know in the league on the road. Certainly, the Minnesota loss. You know 
hurts them. I mean, that that's a a place that you probably could go early December and and win and should have won if if they could put two halves of basketball together. So, I, I think this is a bubble team. I think they've got to uh, stay healthy. Um, they have not been healthy. They're they're not deep enough to to have Rink sit out or have Williams be out for a couple games. Had you know they had Alec out. Um, this is a group that I think has to stay healthy. They're just not deep enough to, to get into the ninth and tenth on the bench right now and, and beat the upper teams in the league. So, you know, I think Andy Katz still had us in the tournament. I think Bracketology on ESPN has us just out. I think that's kind of a fair spot for us to be in. But, you know, PBA is a hard place to, to, to play and win, which it has been for the last couple of years. They, you know, they have a chance to get to that 11 and 9. Um, you know, twelve and, and eight, and on top of a couple of good non-conference wins, I think they should be right there for for a bubble consideration. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Andy Markowski is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio as we talk Husker basketball, their matchup with Purdue tonight, and. Andy, to zoom it out a little bit, what's the the biggest question mark in your mind in terms of this team's ability to make the NCAA tournament? I mean, we, we've talked plenty about point guard, Casey's uh, ability to turn on. What's your biggest question mark? Yeah, I mean, point point guard and and just their their overall depth and 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 can they get lucky and and stay healthy over over a twenty game schedule? And they they have not been. Uh, you know, lucky at, at this point with with some you know key key injuries at the, at the wrong time to to key players and um, you know you got to get a little lucky. You got to have an ankle sprain uh, against uh, you know an Ohio State coming to town. I mean, you know the the, the conference schedule. You you got to get a little lucky and you know maybe have somebody with the flu at the right time and, and pull off an upset. All those things factor into the teams that are on the bubble because you know it's going to be one or two game. That are going to make or break this season, but you know, point guard play, staying healthy, and you know, really the three-point shot has to. You know, we have to continually make jump shots. We don't score in enough other areas uh, to overcome. You know, a, a four or five game shooting slump. Uh, our, our best players have to make threes, um, which you know, up to this point in some big games, they've they've shot it pretty well. Andy, I want to get your reaction to Tom Izzo earlier this week as Northwestern drilled Sparty. Northwestern's handed the, the lone loss to Purdue this year, so no shame in that. But Izzo repeatedly in his post game, and it was a 90-second clip in response to an answer about how you can't blame the players anymore. And Izzo, to me, has always been highly emotional, but his heart's been in the right place. Is is uh, the new generation of athlete wearing old, old Coach Izzo down, in your opinion? I think the whole thing has changed. You know, I, I, I think there's a a natural level of, of selfishness uh, of athletes. You know, they've grown up in, in club and they've transferred clubs and then they transfer high schools and then they have a personal trainer and then they select schools on the opportunity to play and how much money they're going to make and then they can transfer schools. So I, I don't know if, if the athlete themselves are – are at the school for for all the right reasons, right? So when you when you come at them for you know either not playing well or not playing with effort or or, or certainly wanting to fire a shell for losing and make you know I, I grew up with Coach Nee and and then worked for Dan Dockage where they made losing miserable. Like if you lost, you were either kicked out of the locker room, you've lost perks that that went with being a student athlete. 
um, you know, you ran, you, you know, you were, you, you just were uncomfortable losing. And I don't know if kids care anymore about that, or if you make them too uncomfortable, it's just so easy for them to, to, to pack up and leave. So yeah, I, you know, not saying that, that this generation athletes, you know, worse than, than 20 years ago, but because of, of, of all of those external factors, I, I don't, you know, Izzo is miserable losing, and he wants to, to, to pass that on to your team. I mean, you want them to show up the next night and, and, and win because no one loves to, to, to sit around at a loss. And I don't think you can, you can do that anymore because the fear is you're, you're going to lose the kids or, or they're just going to leave for the next opportunity. They're, you know, this generation's very nomadic. You know, I, I manage a business, I hire. You know, the, the younger generation, they're very nomadic people. They'll just pick up and leave, and that's no different than the student-athletes nowadays. They'll just, you know, pick up and leave and go to one school and then pick up and leave and, and go again. And, you know, I, I think Izzo is, is feeling that. And, you know, I, I think you have to embrace it as it's a one-year experiment with each team, and then you start over. There's no such thing as building a program and seeing carryover year to year. It's, it's just kind of one-year assignments, and you know, you've, you've got to figure out what's the best way to coach that group that you have that year. What's a perk that Coach Nee took away? Oh, it's everything. We got kicked out of the locker room. I mean, they took our ice cream. Uh, we didn't have all the fancy <laughs> stuff down there, but they took our ice cream uh, freezer away from us. They took music away from us in the locker room. You know, we used to eat out of steakhouses on the road. Um, and if we lost, we would get, you know, something catered in versus eating out of a steakhouse. So there's all those little things that, you know, he used to just try to, you know, keep, keep an edge to us and, and, you know, celebrate winning. And, and you know, if he was going to be miserable losing, he, he wanted us to fill that misery as well. So is, is that your advice to the youth baseball coaches, the youth, bas- youth basketball coaches, is you don't take the team out for ice cream after a loss? No sprinkles, Andy. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I, I tell people this all the time. Winning and losing is a skill. Like, you either learn how to win, and, and our football program is a prime example of that, right? I mean, they, they have learned how to lose games, and they have yet to get over that hurdle where winning is, is part of their culture, and they have kids that – that know how to win and you know win, winning is no different than dribbling or passing or shooting I, I think is a skill that's learned and and losing is a skill that's learned as well and you know and, and the best coaches you know make make losing uh, you know once again they, they, they try to make it miserable so you understand as an athlete that it's unacceptable and you have to bring better effort the next night out I imagine Mount Dockage went off after a loss yeah there was uh, between Four or five kids getting, you know, kicked off the team and coaches getting fired all the time. I mean, it was all hypothetical, but that was the emotion that, that happened. Uh, and we usually spent the night in the office after a loss. So, so our wives were, felt that misery. And, uh, but, you know, that was something that he took from, from, from Bob Knight. Right or wrong, mm-hmm. you know, people probably have an opinion about, about that. But I, I do think the best coaches, uh, you know, make it a very uncomfortable, you know, never than rule coming back on a Sunday night and practicing after, mm-hmm. you know, after the Michigan game. Right. I mean, you know, he, he is trying to change that culture and you put things into, into place that, that ultimately make athletes uncomfortable, but hopefully they, they, they power through it and, you know, find, find ways to do little things to, to come out on top. So they, you know, keep, keep that good feeling of winning versus the bad feeling of losing. Andy Markowski. Andy, we'll see you at PBA. Thanks for a few minutes tonight. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. 
Good stuff from Andy. We've got a bit of a downer second hour. First, uh, sorry, fat kid, I'm not signing your autograph. Uh, old Verse sharing the George Brett story, and old Andy getting his ice cream taken away by Danny Knee. <laughs> We're getting kicked out of the locker room. Maybe more people needed to take ice cream away from Verse. Maybe George Brett would have signed the, uh, the autograph. I, I that was kid, a low blow. I kid you not. Wow. Don't, don't kick I, my I ass, kid, I kid you not with Junior. And I'm not helicopter dad. I'm lucky that the kid can run to first base without wheezing. So, I mean, I'm proud of him. That said, don't, he knew not to, if they lost, he was angry. He didn't want to go get ice cream or a root beer float or a sundae. And uh, in some of the teams he was on, or some of the, the, the parents of players that, you know, kind of all shuffled out, uh, hey, let's go get – no, you know, your kid had 17 errors. Uh, no, there's no sprinkles today. Mm, see, and growing up as the fat kid, the result of the game did not impact whether or not I wanted ice cream. I wanted ice cream You, you, wanted, <laughs> you wanted ice cream, but it was a carrot. <laughs> it turned into something good. How do you feel tonight? I will get our predictions here in about four or five minutes. I – with with the question mark of Bryce Williams – he is so big for this basketball team. It's not that Nebraska. He's still listed as questionable. I understand. Even if he goes, though, what's his production level like? Where do you supplement? This is an absolute monster resume builder. It's number one. It's number one with just one loss. This puts you on the right side of the bubble. We'll give you a prediction. Hail Varsity continues.